Hey there, I'm Denzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Okay, so it's birthday month. I am a February baby. I'm super excited. We are totally celebrating in the Facebook group. It all starts February 27th, going the whole week. There's going to be live trainings. There are going to be some fun activities. There's going to be some giveaways. So come to the group and join us for all of the festivities. The link to join is marketscalegrow.com forward slash community. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. I'm so excited you're joining us today. We have an exciting guest, Jenny from Jenny Roth Copywriting, and she's here to talk to us all about copywriting. So welcome, Jenny. Hi, Jenzea. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to visit with you. Yeah. Do you want to just get started about a little bit about your journey, how you got into copywriting and who you primarily work with and what you do, I guess? Yeah, for sure. So I am a mom of three daughters. I live in a very tiny rural town in the Midwest in the States. I think like every writer starts their story here being like, I always love to write. And that's very cliche, but very true for me. It's always like what I was good in at school. I remember in college people playing about papers they had to write. And I'd be like, I'll write that for you for like 50 bucks. Like, what are you complaining about? I love, always liked writing. And so um, my husband and I got married really young. We had three kids in four years. And so I became a stay at home mom with them. And when I had a like, you know, when everyone was sleeping through the night, and I had a little more space in my life to breathe, I kind of started thinking like, what can I do in my time other than like, clean the house and scroll Facebook, right? And what can I do from home? (laughs) I'd still be here with these kids. So I remember literally writing down like, what do you like to do again, Jenny? You know, when you come out of that fog of little kids and writing was at the top of the list. I just really started looking in my area and found a magazine, a local magazine here. I started out as a writer there and I became the editor there. And soon, you know, people hear that you can write. They're like, I have this blog post. I hate writing. Can you do it? And I have this website and I hate writing. Can you do it? And I knew enough to be dangerous. So I was like, sure. (laughs) And just kind of started 
taking on these projects and taking courses to learn copywriting in the meantime, discovered this whole world of online writing and copywriting and really felt like this was something I could do from home and take care of my kids. And something that really played on the fact that as a magazine editor, I got to talk to a lot of business owners and hear these stories from people who own the shops that I have gone into for the last 20 years and had no idea like their story or their journey. That has always really fascinated me that you can pass the same person on the street, buy the same thing from the same shop owner and not really know who they are, where they came from or what they do every day. And so seeing online businesses that I could do that for them, that's really how copywriting has taken off for me. That's so cool that your passion all through life has now collided into your livelihood and you can get to do what you love doing all day. Plus be at home with your babies. They're not babies anymore though, are they? (laughs) No, they're old. They're all in school now. So yeah, they're older now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, growing up around here where I still live, you know, everyone works really hard. Farming, agriculture is huge here. And so when you think of liking something like writing or art or or anything creative like that, you kind of grow up thinking, oh, yeah, well, that's a nice little fun side thing that I like to do. But if I want to do that, like I'll be poor forever. <laughs> like I'll never make money doing that. That's just something I'm going to have to do in my free time if I have free time. Right. And so to be able to do that and discover like copywriting in this whole online business space where you can build a business doing things that you love for me has been, yeah, like it's a huge gift. A little bit imagining one of those Hallmark movies <laughs> where you're like the best friend And you're going in and you're getting this person's story and you're getting this person's story. And I'm just, that's what I'm imagining your life has with the the little (laughs) and these boutique shops. I'm loving it. That is my life. It's like, if you don't want to be, know what you want to be and you grow up, be a writer because you get to talk to like all professions, dive into their world for like two weeks, like really feel what it's like to be them and be their clients and then move on to the next one. It's really fun. It's also really cool how the online space has open this entire world of possibility for you that you Mm. can take that magazine idea and then amplify it exponentially Mm. with other clients online and other businesses that if you were to just stay locally in your small town, you'd never have the chance to, to work with them. So that's really cool too. Yes, for sure. So where are some places that copywriting shows up in your business? Oh my gosh. Well, if you're running an online business, you probably feel like you signed up for this and didn't realize how much writing was involved. Like copywriting really is any writing you do for your business with the intention to speak to your clients, to tell your story, to connect with those clients and to sell your offers and your services and make sales and tell people why they should buy from you, right? Or work with you. So copywriting is everywhere. It's your Instagram posts. It's your bio. It's your emails. If you're emailing your list, ads, you're taking out blog posts, your website. I feel like there's always a debate if you see online, like content writing versus copywriting. For me, they're just so overlapped. I just call any writing that you do for your business copywriting because it all has a purpose behind it, right? It's to grow your business and to reach your clients that you want to work with. So all of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. There is a huge overlap. And especially with the direction I feel like marketing is heading, those content posts are becoming more and more soft sells Mm -hmm. and more and more like marketing your business through your content. And so if your intention with copywriting is to be selling your business and attracting new people and your content also has those exact same goals. And yeah, it's a total like overlap between the two. For sure. (laughs) 
So as a newbie copywriter, where would I get started to improve? Like, let's say blog posts, like what are some copywriting tips that you can give me for improving a blog post? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a huge question. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Copywriting for your, for your business, like whether you're writing for a blog post or anything, like, and you're just getting started and you kind of have that feeling like you sit down to the keyboard, like we all get it. You sit at the keyboard and you're like, freeze up and like, what do I say? How do I make sure I don't sound ridiculous? You know, all these things like flood into your head. Like, is this too salesy? What am, what do I even talk about? Like, does this even sound like me? Does anybody even care? Like, I write for a living and first tip would be to start like to start there. I write for a living and I have all of those things that come up when I sit down to write. So if you sit down to write for your business and you instantly feel like you've all of a sudden like froze into an ice cube and like cannot even speak like yourself and don't even know the purpose of your existence <laughs> and, and what you want to say, like that stuff is so normal. So just know that that flooding in when you sit down to write for your business is normal and everybody feels that way. And it has nothing to do with whether or not like you're a good business owner or writer for your business. So I guess that's step one is to recognize that and be like, oh, hello, here you are. You know, this block that comes up for us. I feel um, a little attacked or seen is probably the nicer way to put it. <laughs> I like, definitely have those moments of, I can't write anything. Ah, what if the wrong words are the ones I write? Yeah, it's so normal. And it's just, So knowing that that's like just part of it, that's part of the process. And then to work through that, I guess one of my best tips that I do myself and teach others to do is I call it free writing. And so I learned this when I was homeschooling my kids. This was in a writing program called Brave Writer that I learned to teach my kids writing. Um, And she calls it free writing. And basically you set the timer for five minutes and you just write. You just write like you're a 12 year old girl, dear diary. No one's going to read this. No one cares how you sound. Don't worry how you spell things or edit or just write, write. Um, and when the timers stops, you will have at least something out on the paper and you'll have gotten over that hump of like, I don't even know where to start. And then you can go back and edit, polish it up, all of that. It really kind of removes that block of like, what do I even say? So free writing like that is huge for me. Another tip for copywriting is just to get the words out is if you prefer to speak and you sitting at the computer just is not feeling right, I will literally pen to paper write. Sometimes that helps. Or like there's a free voice recorder app on my phone. Literally just talk, <laughs> say what you are, what you want to say and get it out that way. So those are tips for just kind of getting it out. And as far as like for um, connecting with your client and being words that can then lead into sales. My best tip there is to know who you're talking to really, really, really well. Know your ideal client really well, not just like she's in her 30s and has a business. No, like if you can niche down as specific as possible and picture this person sitting across you know, a desk from you and what you'd say to her if she came to you and said, hey, what do you do? How can you help me? It will make it so much easier if you know exactly who you're writing to And what you help them with is an extension of that. So they kind of, it's like a rule of one, like talk to one person about one thing, forget all the rest that can come in in another blog post. So it really kind of humanizes your words and has an intention behind them for a specific person. I really like the visual of somebody sitting at a desk across from you, like, or if you're having a cup of coffee with someone and just having a conversation, I really like that. I've always heard the pick a person and talk to them, but for some reason that idea and that visual of sitting across from someone, it's like, 
struck home with me. I like that. And I do that talk things out all the time. Yeah. Like I remember in high school and university getting ready for like a presentation or writing a paper or something. I would stand at my dresser and I had a mirror above it and I had my paper on my dresser and I would just talk and then I I write it after I talked it out. So I find that one very, very helpful. (laughs) I love that. And it's like, You can, I think this is something business owners kind of struggle with too, because you hear the word copywriting or sales writing and you all of a sudden think like it's this mystical thing you have to know and you have to do it right or else, but really you can write how you talk. (laughs) And that's like, you know, when you read something and you just, you can tell the writer had a lot of fun writing it and they were themselves and their personality is on it. You know, they're not I don't know if you swear on the podcast, they're not bullshitting you or like putting on this sales hat. It's just them talking people. That's literally the kinds of copy that does the best is if you write how you talk and you imagine talking to that, that person and just speak to them that way, people can feel that when they read it. Right. So you don't have to have this magical, like obviously you can study marketing and and copywriting tricks and all that stuff, but you don't, need to be this magical like marketing genius to to write to your audience I guess there's no like secret you don't know right it's just knowing who you're talking to and how you help them and then just being you and doing that I think with that too with the amount of live video that we do and people being on stories that if you're writing in the way that you feel like you have to versus writing as yourself and then people see you in a live video you're talking as you are as a human, there becomes that disconnect. And I've talked to like clients about this with their ads of it has to be in your voice. It can't be in my voice because when they click on the ad, they're going to go see more of your voice. And so if it's in my voice, then it doesn't, doesn't mesh, right? Like you have to make sure that it's talking to you. And so it's interesting thinking about that. If it's an extension of all the writing in your business really does need to be that real authentic human that you are as the, the face of your brand behind it. Yes, for sure. And it's it kind of happens to all of us, right? Like when I, like me and you talking, we're just having a casual conversation, we're laughing, like whatever. But then when you go to sit down to write for your business, or this happens to me, I go to sit down and like write an email to my list. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this buttoned up professional, like, lady in a suit, like, hello, I am Mrs. Roth, you know, and I don't know why that comes out when you sit down to write for our business. But just like, to recognize that that happens and be like, Is this how I, and another thing I do is I read out loud my copy a lot. Like after I write a blog post, an email, Instagram caption, read it out loud and think like, is that like, if I was saying this on stories, if I was saying this, you know, on IGTV, wherever on a podcast, is this how I would talk? And if it's not like just something to think about, right? So you can read it out loud and see if you can hear yourself in it too. Well, that's a good tip. I like that. Yeah, because you would you really would notice that like formal writing or whatever, whatever persona you're taking on. If you're trying to say it out loud, you're like, oh, wait, I would never talk like this. So something that comes up a lot with like clients of mine and students of mine is what happens after we get them on the email list. So we've done the ads and the goal is, of course, to grow the email list, but then the welcome sequence is a bit of a mystery. So do you have any tips for writing that so that it's authentic to you, but is also a good introduction to your business and it's kind of pushing people towards a sale potentially, or what, what are your tips for that? 
Yeah, for sure. I'd love to walk through like a really simple welcome slash nurture slash sales sequence. <laughs> and so I've seen so, I mean, and I'm sure you have too, Jinzea. There's so many different ways to crack an egg, right? There's so many ways you can set up your, your email sequence. And I've seen really, really good email sequences with like 24 emails. And I've seen really, really good email sequences with like three emails. So just like, I mean, there's a million ways to do it. I have a simple way that you know, we can talk about and you can add to it, remove from it, like whatever, make it your own. Like there's no rules. So the first email, like after someone opts into your list, they're probably opting in for a lead magnet or something free that you've given them. Right. So I always think the first email that you should send out to them would be one that delivers that lead magnet. And kind of that's it. One thing I see people do a lot when they deliver that this first email, it's like, here's the lead magnet and here's five facts about me. And also here's my, here's this blog post that might interest you. And here's my Instagram, follow me over there. And it's just like a lot for one email. So I really think a good way to like think of that first email is just like deliver that lead magnet, have it be an exciting email for them, right? Like your free thing is here coming in hot free X, Y, Z. Here it is. You're going to love this. Here's why click here and get it and keep it really simple. So they can just really consume that first email <laughs> and that lead magnet. That makes sense. Yeah. So like one topic, mm-hmm. one email. Okay, yeah. good. Easy. <laughs> Yeah. So that first email, just getting them excited about the lead magnet and giving them space to like consume that. So then the second email that can go out in this welcome sequence, I think it's important to when someone's new on your list, don't make them wait a week to hear from you. Right. So you deliver that lead magnet. Don't wait seven days or five days to email them again. Right. Like you're fresh in their mind right now. They're like interested in what you have to say. They've said, yes, I want it. You know, so my advice in this welcome sequence is to email, like send the emails out within like 24, maybe 48 hours of each other. Like get them on the seat, you know, talk to them while they're listening, I guess, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the second email in your lit, in your sequence, I would send out like 24 hours after the first one. And that one is the one where you can be like the about you, right? Your brand story, the why you're like the person to help them, you know, it's kind of like the email that's like, hey, you're, you're getting this email because you signed up for this free thing yesterday. This is who I am. This is how I can help you. This is what you can expect while you're on my list. You can spark curiosity, like to learn how I grew my business while working as a, as a teacher, click here, like all that stuff. And you can have them click over to your about me page on your website. So that second email, I think is a really good time to like introduce, introduce yourself to your audience more. That's a question that I see a lot and I get a lot is how often should the emails be spaced out? And Is there such thing as too soon or too far? And I think you you gave a good like rule of thumb, especially at the beginning, 24 to 48 hours is a good way to, to keep them interested while you still have them. Because it, it's so true. If you give them their freebie and then you don't email them until the next week, then they may not remember who you are or anything. And then now you're just, they're just cold on your list. And especially if you're running ads to it, then you've just wasted money basically if you don't keep them warm. Yeah, so, yeah. I- Yes, exactly. Like, just think about all the emails that you get over a course of a week, right? Like if somebody gives you some like that lead magnet, that free thing, and you're like, yeah, I want to hear from you. Think of all the emails that come in between that. So definitely, I'd say send out your sequence, this welcome sequence, each email within 24 hours of each other. I've even seen people send like the lead magnet and then 12 hours later, send out the second email, right? So they space them out even shorter, maybe 48 hours, but you can keep it really humanized too. Like in my second email, I 
I send out, it's like, you're getting this email because you, you opted into my free thing for the next week. You're going to hear from me every day after that. You know, this is an automatic sequence you're reading. I swear I'm a real human though. You know, here's about me. So kind of let them know, like, right, like you're in this sequence. You're going to get emails from me every day for a week and then monthly or whatever. So you can kind of, I don't know, just make it really real for them so they know what to expect. Yeah. And I think that that's good too, because mm-hmm. I've seen in a Facebook group recently, actually, somebody was complaining about how people are sending out too many emails and that she was unsubscribing. But if you set those expectations of, I have five emails coming out for you in the next five days, so stay tuned. And then it you'll move to my weekly or my monthly email list. And that sets people up for the right expectation of, okay, five emails to get to know the person. And then I won't be hearing from them every single day. Whereas if you don't set that expectation, they might be like, oh, an email every single day. Like this is ridiculous. I don't want this too much. I already have exactly what you said. So many things coming into my email box. I don't need somebody else like every day adding to it. So bye. Yes, I agree. And you can even, you know, in the second email you send out, you can even be like, you know, over the next week, you're going to hear from me every day. At the end, you're going to get um, the chance to join my program or purchase whatever, whatever you're leading to, your signature, your lead and offer that you're leading them to. If you want to know more about that right away, click here because maybe somebody's interested in working with you right off the top, right? They just consumed your lead magnet. They're, you know, they, they love it. They got another email from you. They, they know who you are now. Like instead of making them wait to the end of your sequence to pitch, like let them know, like you're in the sequence at the end, you could, you can join this. If you want to know more about it early, if you hate waiting, like I do, whatever, like you can get in on that here right now. So oh, I like kind of, that. Yeah. It makes it easier for them. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. So <laughs> freebie mm-hmm. all about me. Mm-hmm. And then what would email three be? Yeah. So then email number three and number four are really similar, but I always, when I set these up, I always make these two emails again within 24 hours of each other. If you can be just delivering your best, most valuable content, right? So these are emails where you are linking to blog posts, linking to podcast interviews you've done, um, maybe an Instagram post that just blew up, whatever. Um, this is where you're just really, you know, thinking of your signature offer in mind at the end or where, what, how people enter, you know, purchasing from you. What do they need to know? Like answering those questions, delivering free value to them, resources, all that stuff. That's really the focus for email number three and four. And it'll be different, you know, depending on like what your business is and what you're sharing. But really just to educate, show yourself as the expert and just really keep that reader engaged and learning from you is email three and four. (laughs) I like that too. And pulling, pulling the, like for me, it'd be podcast episodes, but pulling those podcast episodes that push them towards whatever the sale is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So when you do that, then email number five is a really nice flow because I think that email should be your best case study or client testimonial. So you've already delivered them the free thing. They know about you and your program that's coming up. You've delivered like some content showing them that you know what you're talking about and how you can help them. And so now you're going to show them a case study or client testimonial. This can link to that on your website, like a huge case study, or you can share it right in the email. Good subject lines are like how my client went from point A to point B, right? How my client went from 4K months, 10K months, whatever that is for for you. But like really showing that result and letting them see themselves in those shoes is like email number five in that sequence. And then is that it? No, there's a little bit more. (laughs) I was like, I feel like there might be another one. 
Yeah. So email number five. And after that, I send out email number six, you know, 24 hours later again, which is the pitch. That's where you're like, you know, you've been with me these last five days. Here's my offer. This is how you can work with me to do it. Click here. So that's kind of the flow. And then email number seven after that. I always, it's optional. I like to add it on though. It's kind of like a thank you for being here. So it's like you made it to the end of my sequence. You heard about this program. Thank you so much for being here. Going forward, you'll hear from me every Monday or whatever that might be. I also want to give you a, you know, a gift for being here. And that can be just like for me, it's a free email sequence template for my readers. If you're a photographer, it could be some stock photos. It could be a guide of blog post exclusive for them, whatever. Just a thank you for being here kind of thing on your list. And that's it. That's really a really simple welcome email sequence that you can that you can set up and have going out automatically for you that kind of does all the things as someone is onto your list first. Yeah. Oh, I like it because it has a little bit of that. Who are you? The free content of nurturing the sale plus the testimonial wrapped in there. People love to, I don't know if people necessarily love testimonials. Like I'm not sure anyone's walking around being like, I love when I get a good testimonial email. But what I mean by people love them is that it, it sits in the back of their mind of, well, Jenny said that so-and-so got these results. Maybe I could get those results. And it like twirls in the back of their mind and it's adds to that, the social proof, and it adds to the excitement and the value of whatever you're about to pitch to them. Yeah. I love that. Like, especially as a service provider myself and you too, like, you know, like one thing people ask me a lot is like, what's that like average ROI people get when they hire you? You know, like what's what average, you know, results do people get and how long does it take? And I get that question a lot. And so like maybe other service providers do too. And like, this is a good way to answer it. You know what I mean? This is a good way. So make sure that's whatever you're sharing here, this case study, this testimonial is not just like, oh my gosh, I work with Gen Zaya. It was amazing. The end. You know what I mean? Like, not just a gush, but one that shows like real results. Like, oh my gosh, when I hired Genzea, I had two 200 people on my list. And now I have 800 people on my list. Or show them that return on investment in that case study. And I've also written it for clients who feel uncomfortable, like bragging, like, look what I do. And I promise I'll get you six figure a year. Here's, here's how Jane did it. So you can also write it in a way that's like, telling them straight up, like, this is the part of my sequence where I'm supposed to show share a client's uh, testimonial with you. But I feel uncomfortable about that because yeah, in my program, clients have gone on to have a six figure business, or they've gone on to do this or that. And you can read, see that here and here linked to some, you know, whatever testimonials. But basically, at the end of the day, that's not my success. It's theirs. And so proud of them and all that. So you can you can set it up however you want. But just kind of having that in your mind, like, bragging on your clients and showing love to them and showing that to other people and also kind of that return on investment that people can expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I, I want to say some a little bit more humble of a way to yeah. like show of <laughs> like, I didn't do the hard work. They just followed my methods and followed yeah. my, my teaching and they were able to make this happen. So mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's whatever you're comfortable with. I think we forget that in business. Like you have to do it this way. You have to do it however people are teaching you. So you can start writing things or doing things that you don't feel comfortable or at home with. And you, it doesn't have to, it does not have to be that way. You can still have effective copy and still stay aligned with, you know, how you feel about doing business. Mm-hmm. Which is really important. 
Yeah. And I like this shift that the online space has been making recently, or at least that I felt it has away from that bro marketing that felt really slimy. There was like the the tricking people and making them feel like in, insane, extreme FOMO. And like, if you don't buy in now, you'll never get another chance kind of. I like that we've moved away from that, obviously, towards more empowered choices and more educated and more like almost more feminine type of marketing where there's relationships and nurturing that are involved and where being authentic and is more important than just making that sale at the end of the day. Yes. One, I love that you brought that up. So one client who I've been writing her emails for, for over a year, and we've been tracking, you know, every subject line we send out, every email we send out, we track on a spreadsheet, the open and the click rates. And we've been going through all this and we've noticed that her email subject lines, like instead of saying like how to reach 10K months, when she says in her email subject lines, how I reached my first 10K month, right? So instead of saying like how to batch 50 reels in an hour, if she says, here's how I batch reels this week, those where she talks about herself and just shares like what she's doing and her own experiences get so much more engagement and clicks and sales and opens than the ones where she, where she's using that marketing that we're all taught to be like, this is how to do it. Like educate, you have to do this. You know, this is the way when she's just, when we're just showing up in her subject lines, like, Hey, here's how I'm doing it. People are like, okay, (laughs) you know, so that's very interesting to me too. I think as consumers, we're smart and you, I don't know about you, but like, you know how it's like a sales page is set up and it's, there's like bullet points and it's like, you're this person who does this, or you're feeling like this. And it's all that you language thrown out. For me, I almost zone out when I read stuff like that. Cause I like know that I'm in the, I know that I'm in the pitch or that the pitch is coming. And so like, but when someone's just telling me like, here's what I did to, to build a business, here's what I know. I'm like, okay. You know, so I don't know if the same's for you, but yeah. No, that's really interesting. And it actually kind of segues a little bit into what I was thinking. My next question would be is tips for those headlines, like not headlines, but the, the subject line. And then that other piece of copy that, you know, it's like grayed out a little bit beside the subject line. I don't, does it have, does it have a name? I don't know what it's called, but you know, that, that other, like the the thing, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you have any tips for that? And I really like the one that you gave already, which was using the I language versus trying to push your message on people. But any other tips for that? Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. I think it's in Flowdesk. They call that the preview text. Preview yeah. text. Yeah. So it's like the little snippet below the subject line, right? Mm-hmm. So subject lines. Okay. Yes. So here's a tip I learned from Abby Peretz. She's a writer and she teaches writing too. Um specifically to moms who want to build a writing business. She says, okay, first of all, with your subject lines, don't freak out because think about when you go to your inbox in the morning, like, and you're just deciding what emails you're going to open. Are you like scrolling subject lines or are you scrolling who it's from? For me, I'm, I'm scrolling. Like I open emails like 99% of the time based on who they're from. Like very rarely are you like being like, oh, what's this subject line say? So think about that. Like you can't, there's nothing you're going to say in an email subject line that's going to make somebody who's never freaking heard of you be like, oh my gosh, I got to read it. Like maybe if you really, really know exactly what's in their head at that moment in time, maybe. But 
On the other hand, if it's somebody you follow and you trust and you've heard from a lot and you've consumed their content before and it's always good and it's always kind of led you down the right path and you like it, you're going to open their email even if it's kind of you don't maybe even know what the subject line said. You know what I mean? So oh, that's this is such good advice. This is yeah. such good advice. <laughs> There's like a lot of pressure on the subject line, so take the pressure off. And and when you're going to write subject lines, like I said, those ones that are like I, where you're just sharing your story, perform. Have, I've seen perform really well lately. Peaking curiosity is always good. Saying stuff like, well, that didn't go well, or well, here, guess what I did? That one time I broke out in hives, or you know, a really good way to add curiosity is to add the word this. Tarzan K is a great email copywriter. She teaches that. Anytime you want to peak curiosity, say that. Use the word this. So do this to make 5K months or not seeing results with your Facebook ads, you need to do this. So add this. That's a simple way to add curiosity. Other things I've seen work really well in subject line lately are just subject lines that are different, that aren't the same old ones you scroll through. So just be yourself. Like some ones we've, <laughs> I've written lately for clients that have done well or once said like, girl, calm your tatas. And it was a funny story <laughs> inside the email. One, my gateway drug was one she did, and it was it was just hilarious. Not about doing drugs at all, but about, you know, how Reels was her, you know, Instagram, whatever. All that stuff. So something different, something funny, something that people aren't seeing over and over again. And a, a way I kind of run it through to make sure I like my subject line is I think, would I open this email? If Like, does this subject line, if I seen that in my inbox, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to read that. Or would I be like, eh, whatever, you know? And if it's kind of a eh, whatever one, like, Maybe go back and try again. Like, how can you spice it up? <laughs> and emojis? Yeah, the feelings, yeah, I'm all, feelings yeah. about emojis? I'm all for emojis. Like, I get this question a lot. Like, should I put exclamation marks? Should I put emojis? I think if it fits with your brand, absolutely. Like, if you use emojis, I use tons of emojis and exclamation and smiley, smiley, smiley face, whatever. That's just how I am. I put it in there. But if you're more professional and your audience is more... You know what I mean? More professional and not not into that at all, then maybe skip it. But I don't think you can go wrong either way. It's all about you and how you, you know, how you show up and how you are. It's interesting. When I first started my email list, I was using Kajabi and mm-hmm. I feel like I got a, a warning every time I did like three or four exclamation marks because I'm totally that girl, like multiple exclamation marks. So, and I got a warning of like, too many punctuation or all caps. You can't do this. And so I stopped doing it, but that's totally me. I'm totally like, if you were to scroll through my text messages on my phone, you'd just see like too many um, question marks, too many exclamation marks, too many capitals. Like, so maybe I'll go back to it. Maybe I'll stop being afraid because I'm not with Kajabi anymore. I switched to Flowdesk. So maybe I'll go back and hopefully they won't give me that same error, error. (laughs) I this know, may no, cause no. problems. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would just be yourself. I'm the same way. I think MailChimp one time, uh, I put two emojis in the subject line. It's like, just so you know, one one emoji is plenty. And I was like, no, it's not. I speak in emojis, you know? So just be yourself. <laughs> Try me, MailChimp. Yeah. Title. Yeah. <laughs> I call your bluff. <laughs> and then the preview text, is this the same thing? Take pressure off. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Maybe my only tip for, you know, subject line and preview text is, you know, you type it into the little boxes in your email service provider. So you you don't want to write a whole book here, right? Because it won't show up in your in your reader's email. It'll be like half a sentence like what? 
So mm-hmm. I like to test mine out and see like, was that too long? Are they only getting half my thought because I'm kind of running on here? So shorter is better. Test it out. Send it to yourself first. See when somebody gets my email, are they seeing my whole subject line or are they seeing like the first 75% of it and then nobody knows what this is about? You know what I mean? So shorter so they can get the whole idea right on that first click is maybe my only like format tip there. <laughs> so yeah. I this is something I do with ads, but it probably is relevant with the the headlines too, or uh, subject lines, is to look at it on mobile because I tend to do all of this work on my computer, but the number of people who are scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and going to see the ad on mobile on their phones is at least 50%, if not higher, right? So it's probably a good idea to check and see what that subject line looks like on your phone and not just on your computer with the smaller screen. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's great advice for sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Do you have any other like burning copywriting tips that you want to share with us? Oh my gosh. I feel like we talked about a lot of good stuff. We did. I don't think so. You know, just that rule of one, picturing that one client and giving them one action to take. Picture them sitting across from you. How would you talk to her or him over coffee? And being yourself in your writing, it'll come out across the page, I think. And making your writing worth your reader's time, right? Reading it out loud, making sure, is this fun to read? Is this something I would enjoy reading personally? All of that stuff, I think, you know, that's just good writing tips, but it, it's it flows into sales copy for me. It's one and the same. So yeah, I think we I think we did it. <laughs> I was like right there too. You just went over all of the tips. <laughs> Super fast, which was actually going to be my next, my next question is, could you just go over some of those big points you made? So thank you. Awesome. If people want to find you and learn more from you, where should they go? Yeah, thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Jenny Roth Copywriting. My website is JennyRothCopywriting.com. And I have a free, it's like a 15 minute masterclass on writing that email sequence that we went over here on this episode. And then there's a template, like a $27 template you can purchase if you want to plug and go with that, which I'm a huge fan of plugging and going. So mm-hmm. yeah, those, that's where I hang out. So thank you, Jen Zaya. Amazing. I'll make sure that all of those are linked in the show notes and I've really loved talking to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's inspiring story. If you'd like to share your story with us, then head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash journey and complete the quick application form. Then head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community so you can join our group of inspiring teacherpreneurs who are working on growing and scaling their businesses too. See you soon.